Hi, Claire. Hi, Aideen. How are you? I am good. How are you doing? Sure, I'm grand. Yeah. Sure, I'm grand. The world's gone to hell in a handcart. Again. But we're doing our we're doing our best to stay afloat. Yeah. So it's, it's all we can do. Do our best to help where we can and yes. listen where we can and not listen when needed and be with the people who need us to. Be with the people in your life. It's yeah. also important. Yeah. This week, we're talking about pricing. Pricing is a big oh. topic. I have some notes. Awesome. So do I. Do you, oh, do you, do you feel, how, how does the topic of pricing make you feel? I used to be very uncomfortable with talking about my prices and pricing, yeah. but I've done so much of it and such intentional price setting and goal setting in the last couple of years that I feel good about it now. Good. I good. Feel good. Yeah, I have to say, I feel very much the same. Um, I'm sure there are people listening who also feel the same, but I'm sure there are people listening who are like, oh God, pricing. So hopefully, if we talk about our experiences, that it might help. Um, Just a bit of context before we start, we're both service providers. Yes. So I think it will be important to kind of talk about like products versus service um you know just to note it but i think we will be mostly coming at this from a service provider's point of view mm-hmm. um so if you are a product service a product service if you a are product, a product if you are <laughs> a product provider you. get in touch and let us know um about your situation i had a conversation with um an artist friend earlier and we were talking about it and she was saying that um you know she sells uh, prints of her work and that's her bread and butter yeah when it comes to selling her originals personally she wants them sold because she wants them a out of her house and b (laughs) in a home that's gonna love them and she doesn't want the price to be a barrier to that and I thought that was a really lovely way of putting it and you know if you are if you are selling products like you do need to keep your products turning over so finding that sweet spot between what you could maybe be charging for them and the price that's going to get them out the door I think um is is something that I'm sure most you know people who sell their goods will have come up against um but it is a very very different um market and it's probably something that we don't have a huge amount of experience with yeah but it's it's funny that you mentioned artists as a as the as the first because they're they they can have like multiples and one-offs as well yeah Yeah, exactly the prints versus the the originals and then the the um limited runs yeah and all that kind of thing yeah but let's i mean definitely let's focus on service pricing today because that's the only thing that I have personal experience in I've done I've done e-commerce websites with people before but the pricing is was kind of over to them more than anything else okay do you want to talk about your pricing or the general kind of idea of a process about how how to make a price how to Um, how to make a price how how to to choose a price for your service yeah 
I suppose, well, if I kind of, if I put in, in the, the story of like this particular iteration of this business, mm-hmm. so fire child photography, but as the personal branding photography, like when I started first, when I was really just kind of testing the market and I invited people to have a conversation with me just to see if it was actually a service worth selling. Um, and the price that I would have been charging then, I, I think I've pretty much quadrupled my price in those yeah. five years so certainly like those first clients that I would have photographed I charged them a lot less and I also spent a lot more time with them um and I think it was definitely a case of feeling that I needed to justify yeah. the price that I was charging however what I've learned in the intervening years is that actually um my clients don't need me to spend the entire day with them like there was one particular shoot I remember and like we we spent the entire day it was over in the west I was actually staying with my client and I photographed her a few times since but at the end of it like the two of us were just so exhausted it was like being on a date all day kind of thing because we were like trying to make conversation and you know keep each other kind of comfortable you know it's exhausting the process of doing the photographs as well and I and I've done it I've done it several times since where I've the shoot has gone on longer than the client may have expected and it's really not a kindness to them a lot of the time <laughs> this is it yeah you feel like you need to give more to show that you're dedicated to yeah. like in in a corporate job it's called presenteeism to just to be there yeah to actually be at your desk to be sitting there to show your that you're present but uh it's not your most valuable contribution which I love to talk about (laughs) yes exactly exactly like getting in there like not letting my client get so tired that their smile has faded like that that is the most valuable contribution or is it they're just wrecked Um, for days afterwards oh yeah well I mean I think that's that's kind of a given because it is a big energetic investment to be fair but um yeah so I the the price that I would have charged back then it was kind of like maybe this you know it was I, mm. I didn't really know and then I kind of incrementally increased the prices over the years then I got to a point where I kind of did the maths backwards I was like okay what do I want to earn across the year and what availability do I have energetically and that's kind of how I've come to my pricing at the moment this is my exact same process I have three like kind of formulas for calculating prices written down that I that I kind of work through with people sometimes mm. and that's the one that I use for myself like how many how many projects can I do because I have I have two basic kind of offerings and I have as you say the time and energy to do only a certain number of them so I calculate well around school holidays around my my summer holidays around my 4 day working week and then also having a cushion of time in case, I don't know, some child starts to puke or something, or there's a school yeah. strike or something like that. So yeah. um, I always calculate it based on how many projects can I do my best work on? Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and I think how much do I want to earn? And that's the calculation. Yeah. And I think this is kind of, this is almost segueing into another topic that we're going to come to is is coming to that like enough number yeah and allowing for all of that and I think that might be next week's uh topic of conversation Mm -hmm. um but yeah like let's kind of go through if you wouldn't mind 
mm-hmm. um, kind of sharing those three pricing formulas with us. Well, that was one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> how much? Okay, there's there's the how much is enough? How much do I need to earn to pay my bills, to pay myself and to make it worth my while to be doing this work? Because, you know, you can it can sometimes feel like you're just keeping your head above water. Like I know earlier, a few years ago when the kids were very young and we had to pay for childcare and they're in school now, so that's a lot cheaper. Um, I just felt like I was paying to just have the children out of the house, which is fine. (laughs) But um, uh, just as a kind of a, a footnote there though, in those years when I was paying to have, just have the kids looked after and pay the bills and everything, I was developing skills and building my network so it yeah absolutely here yeah it's a it's an investment in a in a different way because you're you're keeping yeah. yourself afloat until you get to that point where you have um that time and money again to kind of yeah. invest. I think you know and yeah it's, when they were young though it just felt like why am I it doing felt this quite frustrating at times and that was when like you were saying you probably quadrupled your pricing so did I. I was really undercharging back then based on, because I was using the formula of, leading us, segueing us into the second formula, um, I was charging by the hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no, I, w- I was charging by the hour to an extent. Um, and then because of, I don't know, imposter syndrome or there was something that I had to learn how to do. Like uh, I used to work with MailChimp quite a lot and I did like endless courses and training in MailChimp. I wasn't charging for me to level up my skills for a certain project, mm-hmm. but that was part of the business. So there was, it felt like a lot was going out and I was charging by the hour, but then I would just kind of do a load of hours of work just to make sure that I was delivering something of a high standard so that I could build my network and my reputation and my portfolio. Mm-hmm. So building by the hour, I was like, I think it was like 30 euros an hour or something crazy back then. Um, but that was like graphic design work. So yeah. that takes a lot longer than, you know, consulting and, and strategy stuff. Yeah. But I was charging by the hour at the very, very, very start. And that's when I was working, like somebody was sending me work. Like I wasn't, I didn't have to go out and get work. So people like work yeah. just came. Yeah. yeah so yeah. Um, when that, uh, when I left Paris, then I had to kind of, kind of change things up a bit because that, that wasn't happening anymore with the work didn't just appear anymore. Yeah, so I had to go and get my work. So billing by the arrow was just not feasible unless I was charging like, a number that was that would probably be like a, a normal freelance designer rate but I was just so exhausted by it all like mm-hmm. the billing and the tracking your time and then oh, you had to buy a 12 euro font and factor that in and oh, yeah. like stupid stuff um, it just so becomes a lot of headspace it just required. becomes a lot of headspace is right and I felt like charging by the hour I wasn't doing my best work because mm. I always felt like I had to do things quickly yeah. And you know, I was um, never billing for thinking time. Yeah, absolutely. Of which I did much of. <laughs> On that note, though, um, because I know how many hours it takes me to do a job and what I mm. charge for that job, I, I do have an idea of what an hourly rate yeah. quotation is for me. And so then when I have smaller jobs, kind of one off things, I do use that yeah, as a kind of a guideline for myself. Mm hmm. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, go on. So that was the hourly rate. And then the third way to to price. So there's the value-based pricing. Mm. 
So value-based pricing is if you want to have a really concise and clear, not what you're about to receive from me now, if you want to have a really good definition of it, um, just Google value-based pricing and look for Christo. Um, oh, yeah. If you are a yeah, creative yeah, yeah. At, in any kind of creative field, Christo is a great person to follow along with. And he has a, basically a whole training on value-based pricing. Um, he does one on another person, if you're, especially if you're in web design, I know like a lot of you won't be, but Rand Segal of the Flux Academy, he's, uh, he's a great, um, he's a web designer, but he also trains people to be web designers and he was a web designer himself and uh-huh. he does a lot of, um, he, he did a whole um, session with Christo about value-based pricing where Christo basically takes him through the process and the meaning of value-based pricing. So context given. Um, in terms like just to use the example of a website so if you were doing a website for somebody who makes twenty thousand a year with their bills their business how mm-hmm. much is a website worth to them mm-hmm. and that would be the value like if it's a if it's ten percent then what would that be it'd be a two thousand euro website yeah. if it's a company like if it's a much bigger company who have like a million euro turnover if you charge ten percent it's a ten thousand euro is that a wrong calculation? A uh, hundred thousand? <laughs> I'm talking about <laughs> hundred thousand. It'd be a hundred thousand euro uh, website. So that's the value based pricing. That's the simplest yeah. version of it. So if yeah. somebody's going to use the thing that you're giving them to make a certain amount of money, you can choose whether it's a 10 or 15 or 20% of what they're potentially going to earn. Yeah. And that's kind of the value based pricing, which can be sometimes hard to measure if it is a more um like a softer skill or a coaching or something mm-hmm. like that but you know business coaches will do this um so like people like big names like Gary Vaynerchuk in the kind of the media world he will give like a 1 hour consultation for i don't know like 5000 euros or something mm-hmm. um and that would be like if 5000 well, dollars is his hourly rate. It's not really based on an hourly rate. It's based on the advice that I'm going to give you is you worth ten x it. So you know? much, yeah. And yeah, that's yeah. that's the positioning of it. So there's value based pricing, there's hourly billing, and then there's pricing based on on you and your needs. I think yeah. like pricing based on what do I need to make this year to pay the bills, and what would I love to be making. And like yeah. your ideal income, your minimum income and your ideal income. Yeah. Calculate for realsies how much time you can, how many projects and how many clients you can take on. And you take that annual goal and you divide it by how many projects you can do. And that's your rate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think, and I think it, that's it, the most feasible one. And as well, like, what is it? Sometimes I say, like, the, if you're a service provider... 20% of your time is delivering the service. Everything mm-hmm. else is marketing, admin, networking, all of the other things. Yeah. So if you get into an hourly rate, then how do you charge for all that kind of stuff? Exactly. Um, it's interesting that the two of us have both adopted that model of this is what I can provide. This is how much I need to make. Mm-hmm. And do you know what I think? The, the reason that that works for both of us is because we can stand by it. Yeah. Like I can, I can say, if I'm going to provide a good job, a good service to my client, yeah. I can't do 17 shoots in a month. Yeah. I just can't do it because I won't be giving the service that they're expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that it kind of grounds it in a very kind of, and it doesn't need to be tangible for your client, but once it's tangible for you, 
you know, going back to that client uh, or that friend earlier that I was talking about, who's saying uh, about uh, charging for their originals. Um, she had said how she'd been encouraged to raise her prices on her originals. And then she just didn't sell as many. Mm-hmm. And I think basically because she didn't really want to raise the prices. And so therefore selling it didn't feel as good to her. So you yeah. need to feel like nobody can tell you what to charge you need to feel it in your bones and you need to feel like no this is enough this is this is valuing the time and effort and skill that I'm going to bring to this project and this is also a worthy investment for my client to make so that they are also involved in the project because if somebody if they're paying too little like they're not going to value the investment And and I'm not saying I know that that kind of sounds a little bit kind of capitalistic you know and in a way it is but well we're operating in a capitalist society exactly exactly and we're not going to get away from that but there is that thing of like valuing the investment that you're making and you know and and for your client to feel confident you know I remember reading years ago um somebody was talking about this and they said you know if you're walking down the street and you see like a sandwich board outside a tattoo shop and they're saying like free tattoos you might have a beautiful tattoo that you've been dying to get for years. That is the last place you're going to go because who's going to trust a tattoo artist who is doing tattoos for free? When when your client has made that kind of financial commitment, because like we talked about it before, it's, it's, it's an energetic exchange. Yeah. The money is the thing that your client uses to commit to the project and your skills and your time and your energy and your lifelong learning is what you give in exchange for that this is it this is it and like I, I like that the example of the the sandwich board with free tattoos scrolled on it um it's it, that kind of a, it's a point that I wanted to make as well uh of like how it is sold how you arrive at having that client mm. so there's um like going back to the different formulas of charging by the hour value-based pricing and like defining your own rate um it depends very heavily on what you do to get clients so this is the difference between being a freelancer and having your own business i think so a (laughs) freelancer um general definition is that you are coming in on like a gig or a job or like a specific task for a defined period and you can use job boards or like word of mouth but you're going into a place Mm -hmm. that has a budget for their freelancer and they have you know they have that kind of you know environment where you can just kind of step into it as a freelancer and in that case billing by the hour is what you should be doing like if you have an agent or if you're going off a directory or if it's a job board situation that makes sense yeah um, but the the other way around, if like as you say, you could you couldn't do seventeen shoots in a month and do your best work because you all of the other stuff has to happen in the background. And this is where there's a fork in the road of like, do I build a team so that I can focus on my as the as people love to say zone of genius, my my kind of my most valuable contribution is what I usually say <laughs> instead of zone mm. of genius. Um, so you can focus on doing only that work, which means that you get into more of a flow state and you get into a more of a creative space. Um, and then you build a team 
to kind of build the machine around that. Now, I'm not somebody who ever really wanted a team. Mm, yeah. It's kind of, it comes up maybe twice a week that, oh, should I build a team? <laughs> should really? I have an agency? Um, I just I just don't want that for where I am in my life right now. Um, to have to be responsible for somebody's salary is yeah. not something that I want to do when yeah. I, I, I sometimes just want to take three months holidays. Yeah. Um, it does but change that, how you perceive the the work. Yeah, exactly. Company of so one. So how you arrive at having a client is, it's also this part of it that is, if you are paying a team, you have to factor that in. Mm-hmm. And absolutely, can, like if you go back to your examples about the website, like if you're building a website for a company that has a million euro turnover, it's not going to be just you that's doing it. And if exactly. you're charging 100,000 for a website, you're going to have... you're going to have a a team of people involved so you know I think that's something that we need to um kind of bear in mind as well you can raise your prices but then raising your prices requires so much extra input from people that it's actually you're not necessarily making any more at the end of the day this is it and like it comes it comes down also because we're both creative service providers we provide creative services and we have built our reputation based on what we personally can do and create and deliver um my coach <laughs> my coach at the moment um I hope she doesn't listen to this because she'll get back to me um <laughs> I get in trouble um but we talked about uh doubling my price for website work gulp and you know if anybody if anybody's out there and they've been pushed by a coach or a mentor or somebody to to double their prices or to even increase their prices outside of their comfort zone and her thing was that I'm a certain stage in my career that I should be charging a certain amount because of the quality of my work not the quantity of the deliverables not the number Mm -hmm. of pages on the website not the number of variations on a logo not the number of like bits and pieces of graphic design that I'm doing for the job but it's based on like how quickly I can do it also because people don't Mm -hmm. always want more time they sometimes just want things more quickly Mm -hmm. and her argument was that you don't have to add more to what is delivered you can do the exact same project that you did last year but charge twice the amount for it and I was like why how Mm -hmm. how and she says you don't need to justify it you're skilled you have the ability your work is strong and I just I couldn't do it so So that's that's you falling somewhere (laughs) that's you falling somewhere between that first strategy that we're both using at the moment and the value-based pricing pricing, so you need to get to a point where your nervous system is okay with charging like that's all it is then it becomes Mm. a like a, a nervous system thing where you're comfortable with charging that price um, but as your artist example i'd have way fewer clients yeah but i'd be doing less work and earning yeah. the same amount of money which has always yeah. been my agenda always <laughs> to do less and get paid more yeah 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 but yeah. like to also deliver goods good service also <laughs> yeah it's but it's, it's just so it makes me so nervous to think of i do the exact same work as i did for the person last year but now it's twice as expensive yeah yeah so yeah it's still it's still something that I'm working towards and I think that's fair and because also there's also the thing like I know I would have come across this a lot in wedding photography where photographers would price themselves out of their dream client's budget 
Yeah. You know, and like I know for me, the people that I would have worked with as a wedding photographer, I adored every single one of them. And I would have assisted at much more expensive weddings and not enjoyed it as much, you know? So I think there's a little bit there too. Um, We're almost out of time, Claire, but really quickly, I want to get into the psychology of pricing, three tiers of pricing, Mm -hmm. gold, silver, bronze kind of thing. And this is something I would have done as a wedding photographer. And then I kind of brought that into my my brand photography. So I would have offered like an hour, two hour, three hour shoot. I don't really do much more than a three hour shoot. I mean, sorry, I don't sell much more than a three hour shoot. A shoot will often be up to five hours because Mm. that's just how it goes. Um, I'm still working on that. But anyway, but what used to happen is I'd have somebody and I'll always ask someone when we're having that initial conversation, like about the momentum that their business has and how it's going, because I'm trying to gauge not a value based pricing so much as is investing in photography with me actually going to be worth it to them right now and can their business afford it is it is it going to be beneficial to their business you know like how many clients are they working with etc so I would have clients then who would come to me and their business is really only starting so I'd offer them I'd sell them the one hour shoot but then there's very little that you can really achieve in a one hour shoot. And I would always have these bigger ideas for them. So in there, invariably the shoot would end up being two hours long. Mm. So um, then when I got back to work last year after my maternity leave, so I'm going, if I'm leaving the house, I'm, I'm, I, I want, I need to make it worth my while kind of thing. So I only really sell a three hour shoot now for uh, first time clients. Like if yeah. they're returning, that's always a different story. But I found when I had like the the idea behind a three tier pricing strategy is that the, the first, the lowest one should be your, that's, that's your minimum that you need to make. Yeah. The second one up is the nice thing. If people buy that, that's great. And then the third one is like, if you sell that twice in a year, you're kind of doing well. Yeah. And I, I just, again, I never really, I couldn't do it. Like I would always end up selling the lower one and then giving them like more giving them more than they'd than they paid for don't be saying in the podcast well all of my clients know it because yeah. <laughs> because it, it, it is it's just it's just the way it goes um and so how do you feel about that like have well, you have you offered like varying packages and how has that worked for you I'm at a Frankenstein moment in my business yes. uh I remember we talked about my kind of pivot away from doing websites into just only doing strategy and I missed doing websites and design like so much that I brought it back um so I kind of in a sort of accidental way have three pricing kind of systems one is a mastermind group which I absolutely love I would love Mm -hmm. to do only that it's fantastic um and then there's the sprint which is in the middle and then there's the big website which is it's really when everybody, when the person needs everything. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's like the the way that I design those, it's like what is affordable to people? What is industry standard as well? Like what are other people charging for this? To, yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah. to have an eyeball on that, but not to let it completely push your, push your decision. Absolutely. Great um, and also trying stuff out to see like, I love what you said that you don't want to price yourself out of your dream client. So there's some, there's people out there who I would, absolutely love to work with on a big project but they just can't afford it they just can't afford Mm -hmm. the whole the big website brand whole copy freebie lead generation 
system, they can't afford that right now. So we'll iterate and we'll mm. do a sprint and then maybe another sprint and then maybe another sprint. And just, it might take us longer to get to the, what we, what we would have gotten in the, in the bigger project. But, it's but ultimately kind of the goal is, yeah, the big thing, the big system, an online system basically. But I don't want to do them a disservice of kind of promising we can do everything for this in the sprint which mm-hmm. we cannot do mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and i think like i'm very open about why things are structured in this way because i've done it over years and years and years to kind of kind of create these like almost productized services um so that i know like the big project is it's a, it's a big project like there's yeah. a big amount of work in it and there's a there's a whole lot of real estate on online that it actually does end up taking. So yeah, um, so, the yeah, three levels of pricing are, are very deliberate for basically what people can afford in that in that moment. But that's also it's that's almost like that's three different ways of working with you. Yeah. Versus what I'm saying, like a one hour, two hour, three hour shoot. Because it whatever. doesn't go by hour. Yeah. It go by hour. Exactly. But you know, like they're just different levels of the same service. You know, like it was the same wedding mm. photography. You know, you've got like. The, the the shortest part of the day the entire day and then the entire day plus the mm. bells and whistles or whatever but what you're saying is there are three very different and sort of tailored ways of working with you they're different products the goal is always the same to yeah. have an online system that gets your clients and that's yeah. basically the mastermind is kind of accountability for people doing it really almost all of themselves like a lot of my mastermind folks are past clients who it's just like ongoing support and accountability and strategy and tech you know like how do I do this from the mailing list that kind of stuff so it's all it's all the same outcome like get online show up online get clients but it's just Um, different paths it's delivered in a slightly different way in a way that is it's feasible for me to continue to do like the mastermind is still in its experimental phase but my whole online presence is a little bit all over the place now because it's like it's basically always the same outcome but it's people at different stages yeah yeah and that's business which is and I, and I love that you're saying that like you've brought in this experimental like this play new yeah. service and it's the one that you're really really enjoying so that's oh my god deadly. I love yeah. my mastermind oh my god I love it if anybody wants to find out more about that it's showupscaleup.com I'd love your feedback on it as well because I'm still iterating the bejesus out of it awesome showupscaleup.com Claire um, we're out of time where can we find you and how can we hire you (laughs) okay so I feel like I waffled on a bit much about my price (laughs) my stuff this week Um, so clairecreative.com is my main website you can hire me for website strategy and design basically how to show up online and get clients Um, so clairecreative.com you'll find everything there and I'm having a bit of a quiet calm moment on Instagram because of all that's going on with the Ukrainian situation so Claire creative underscore com there Aideen where can we find you and how can we hire you yeah I am at firechildphotography.com and Instagram is firechildphotography and like that kind of keeping quiet and trying to walk the line between doom scrolling and listening oh um, yeah you know but very heartened by the amazing response that the Irish people had over the last week to like financially we're deadly we're deadly at giving away money um so well done everybody who's listening who has donated a huge amount as well because I'm sure you have um so yeah we will see you next week we'll get into that enough number 
kind of topic mm. we've we've touched on a lot today so we'll we'll maybe get back to that or we might just talk about something else we'll see we'll see you next <laughs> week anyway yeah <laughs> thanks so much everybody and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and rate it if you can on itunes or spotify and we will have a little pricing little pricing touchstone cheat sheet type of thing for yeah. on the website on growoutloud.biz, you'll find each uh, episode of the money series. We're creating a little worksheet. So we're building up a nice little resource library of cheat sheets, checklists, and little formulas to do with uh, mon- the money in your business. So thank you, everybody. See you soon. Bye, guys.